Welcome to Team Genius Audio. I'm your host and coach, George Fushing. Thanks for tuning in to discover strategies, expertise, and techniques to help all teams become dream teams. We're covering team craft, product craft, and leadership craft. This episode first appeared as a live stream on YouTube. Join me every week on my channel to be part of the live cast as it happens. Search for George Fushing or Team Genius on YouTube. And now it is time for this episode. Thanks again for joining. Hi, my name is George. I am a coach and uh, this video is coming from uh, some realizations that I have been processing over these last few weeks and uh, months. And actually, I've, um, I've been having a hard time coming to choose this topic for today's live stream. Originally, I uh, wanted to cover the sprint goal. An exciting topic for sure, but uh, when I dug a little deeper, I realized that because of today's state, I wanted to stay with something safe. And I, if I had covered the sprint goal, I wouldn't even have mentioned the date of this live stream being the 11th of September. And um, once I realized that, I um, leaned into that sensation a little bit and um, thought it would actually be better um, for me and hopefully also for you watching this, if I was to cover a little bit about world events and how they're impacting us as human beings and how we're carrying that impact into our experience in the world of work. So um, in 2001, on the 11th of September, a terrorist attack happened. You will probably be very well aware of that. And uh, if I was to ask you, what did you do when it happened? Where were you? Most likely, you will remember exactly where you were that day. For me, I visited a friend in order to help her assemble a PC. And uh, she put on the news as I started to lay out all the kit and make sure we have everything before getting started. And um, she went to the news channel and all of a sudden we saw what happened and we were in disbelief at first. And um, our attention was very was focused on um, seeing this tragic event unfold in the United States. Now it is 2020, and uh, it is 19 years later, and uh, I'm still feeling for all the loss that happened and the tragic of this event back then. But now we are experiencing another world event together, something unprecedented in uh, most of our lifetimes. I mean, the closest thing to this was the Spanish flu in 1918. And uh, in our lifetime, certainly my lifetime, we haven't had anything like uh, this, a global pandemic. So over the last few months, um, we've all been through lockdown. Many of us have been through quarantine, myself included. And um, I personally have been hit quite uh, hard from a mental health point of view by this, and I'm still recovering. Um, this year, on top of uh, last year, with a lot of change, um, we had a baby, which in itself is an absolutely joyous event, but also a big change in lifestyle and um, comes with a lot of sleep deprivation for those of you who haven't experienced parenthood yet. And uh, moving country also um, to Portugal, but our apartment wasn't ready, so there was some stress with that. So um, those were all big changes for me that um, I uh, managed. And I think it was been okay if it hadn't been for COVID-19. 
So all of this stuff is still carrying and I'm still processing, working out of it. And um, I connect with other people regularly, of course, as we all try to. And uh, it is very obvious that we're all carrying um, some weight from all of this. And of course, the global pandemic is not the only thing that is happening right now. Um, some weeks ago, we had the explosion in uh, Beirut and uh, we are very close in our family with um, wonderful people from Beirut and uh, we got to experience what they, um, excuse me, what they told us about what it's like for them and uh, for the people that they are close with in, uh, in Beirut. So this is a, this is a shared experience and um, whether we're directly affected or whether we're close to people who are directly affected, we are processing all of these events. And um, it is clear that these events are impacting us as we attempt to go and be the best that we can be and um, serve the people at uh, our place of work and do what we can there. Now the question comes how we can work with this. How can we process together what is happening in the world so that we um, don't attempt to shut off a big part of ourselves as we switch on our next video call and um, do what we can there. I believe it is very important to um, be supportive when we work together. And yes, of course, we want to be professional, but professional doesn't have to mean robotic. Professional doesn't have to mean that we're negating the fact that we are people. We are people and we cannot switch off the home persona or the personal persona as we switch on the personal persona. It's not as easy as that. If we were to do that, then we're actually um, leveraging a, what is in psychology referred to as masking. We're pretending for something to be what it isn't really. Or we're pretending for something not to be there as we are um, attempting to go about our work. So, um, another way of looking at it is that uh, we want to remain authentic as we go about our work and as we attempt to collaborate and um, do wonderful things in order to help to create a bigger, bigger positive uh, difference for people or planet. So I've seen a few things um, that I'd like to share with you that hopefully you have also seen yourself or that you might consider in order to help you and, uh, and the people around you in your work uh, work through this. So one is a um, technique called normalizing from uh, professional coaching that is also used in um, psychology and uh, therapy, which is to simply speak out the fact that what um, we're going through is normal and we're not the only ones experiencing what we're experiencing. And the simple act of acknowledging this can provide some relief. We're not alone in this. Everyone in the world is going through the global pandemic. And while on the surface that is logical, um, some people tend to brush over the, um, the personal, mental, um, personal impact or mental impact or, emo or emotional impact. And um, I think to some extent I'm perhaps still doing um, some of that, although I do my best to um, continuously work on that balance of um, professionally, being professionally personal, if you will. 
so normalizing is one thing that we can do. The other thing that I've seen come up uh, more and more in my uh, feed on LinkedIn is uh, people sharing their successful completion of uh, mental, health, uh, mental health first aid training, uh, which is something that I um, have yet to do. So this is something that is available. This training is available um, remotely, of course. Uh, it, there was the, the first ones I saw were all uh, in-person workshop based, but of course this has also moved to online. So if this is something that um, piques your interest, um, should be should be easy to find out there. Mental health first aid, um, in my mind, is just as important as uh, physical first aid. We are a person that has. Um, something intangible as well as something tangible, a spirit and body, if you will. And our mind and our body, we bo both need attention. So when we see people who are um, obviously stressed, who are um, not, um, not in great shape, and um, first step, we don't need mental health first aid training in order to um, offer an open ear and simply listen to them and uh, empathize with what they're going through and perhaps also share if we're um, experiencing something similar. Further to that though, mental health first aid um, would prepare you to support people through panic attacks and uh, things like that. So um, guide them through those experiences in order to help them out there. So that's, uh, that's another thing. The third bigger thing is more related to organizations and um, this is where what I'm about to share is not as concrete necessarily because it is more about principles and in my mind a good organization is one that um, appreciates people for what they are people and not resources you know I'm, I'm not a resource I might be resourceful but I'm not a resource a resource would mean that I am replaceable there is someone exactly like me and they can pick up the phone and order another George Fashing and that's not the case so we are um, uh, we're not mm, mutually exchangeable carbon units is a term that I've uh, come across some years ago unfortunately I can't remember uh, which genius uh, has mentioned that term um, so looking at, the, at our staff as people, and uh, I, some, um, some news have been out there about companies doing this. I believe um, it was Google and uh, uh, Facebook have um, been open about the options with regards to uh, remote wor working and not forcing people back into offices, uh, which is something else uh, I'm going to cover on in a little while in this, uh, in, uh, this video. Um, but also to experiment with other techniques and uh, giving people um, more freedom, taking time off to recover from this uh, different experience of doing uh, around our work. Some companies have been have always been remote. Basecamp, for example, has uh, always been remote. And um, um, Stream, I think the the gaming platform company, if I'm not mistaken, they've always been uh, been fully remote. Uh, but for many, many other companies, and your company might be included in this, this, um, this is a new thing. So being flexible, trying different things to help people um, uh, work through this new experience that it is there. Um, I also believe uh, coaching sessions and offer of um, coaching would be a great thing to add if that is not yet available in your organization. 
uh, with trained, qualified, accredited professional coaches who can help people process what is going um, on there and um, help themselves establish a plan for um, creating an even better version of, of themselves, providing some support here is good. Um, having some agreement uh, with uh, mental health uh, practitioners um, also would be a good idea. Um, experimenting with things like um, listening sessions or talking circles. Uh, if you haven't come across those yet, uh, listening sessions are simply pairing up um, existing staff members and giving them some introduction to active listening and simply providing an open ear. This is not about giving advice or telling people what to do. This is simply um, providing others an opportunity to be heard, to be understood, to be listened to. And that in itself can also be a um, big, uh, provide great relief. And all of, co of course, these conversations would be subject to complete confidentiality and would be mutual. So the people that come together in listening sessions take turns and then the other person uh, listens. And um, I have actually got, I might link this up in the description below. Um, I've got a few videos with very brief instructions uh, that includes active listening. Um, available. So if you want to uh, work out, um, practice that skill of, um, of active listening, you can do that. It's a, it's a free online course. You can do it um, uh, in an hour or so, maybe even less. Right. So the other thing I mentioned were talking circles. Um, talking circles are a slightly bigger version of that where remotely, I presume, or if you do have people coming back to the office with social distancing in a room, uh, where people take turns and they um, share their experience, what they're going through, and uh, the rest of them uh, listen. That is um, also something there, and that provides connection. And also an, an opportunity to be heard and uh, understood. Now, I wanted to come back to this thing I mentioned about um, organizations looking at um, going back to the office and remote work. I've actually received um, inquiries from uh, work friends almost reliable once per week over the last couple of months about um, what to do about that. I'm very grateful that they considered me for um, listening to what uh, I'm suggesting on this. And uh, usually it was uh, sprung up by uh, them being uh, with a mid-sized or large organization that has declared that the office is going to be reopened and people are expected to come back um, to be in the office for um, no less than three out of the five days per week. Um, so if it's as high as five days, I would be very concerned with that because people might not feel um, all too safe about that. It should be on an optional and voluntary basis and um, there should be a conversation between organization and staff on uh, what the experience might be like and also get some feedback on what the organization is considering on how to do that responsibly. Uh, so if your organization has been doing a stellar job at that, um, if you could share this in the comments, it would be fantastic to, um, to get uh, some insight into how it has been uh, done. Um, what I've heard from some companies I um, got a bit of an insight to is that the capacity has been um, reduced. The, um, sort of, um, the public or collective areas are set up in a way where you can uh, be present and you can be together, but uh, still respect your distance. 
there is a regular cleaning schedule that has also been uh, made public. And um, there are um, also, uh, from one company, I've also seen that there are almost um, shifts available. So rather than everyone being in the office at the same time, um, the presence is shortened, the, the working day at the office is shortened and then staggered, um, which can also work for some. Um, if an organization demands return to the office for five days a week, my guess is that uh, they are looking at it from a cost point of view. They have a lease signed and they are um, obligated to pay the, the commercial rent for that space and they want to get good use out of it. But forcing everyone to come back to the office is not the only way to make good use out of that. There are many ways of, um, of, doing, of making something useful with that uh, real estate. You could do something for the greater good. You can talk to the health ministry and see whether there's some use for them to, to use a portion of um, your offices um, for a um, pop-up lab of some sort or whatever it might be. So there are many other uses there um, too. You could uh, convert some of them to a socially distance friendly um, event space for your organization and um, acknowledge the fact that um, some things, and this is leading on to what I would suggest to actually do before such decisions are made, um, to remodel, if you will, and that can be done in a cost-effective way, the office space that you do have for those activities that are truly best done together in the same room. So rather than thinking, do we stay with remote working exclusively or do we all come back to the office, which are two extremes, um, why don't we collaborate and work out what are the list of key activities that we need to undertake in order to go about our work and which of these activities are best done in which manner, which uh, can be done remotely, which really should be done better in uh, person. So rather than having a binary response to this question, we are um, identifying categories of key activities and then choosing um, either remote work or a hybrid approach or an in-person option or something else that you might come up with and do it this way. So um, this would actually give us more flexibility and uh, um, also helps us to be more responsive to people's uh, potentially different feelings around um, staying at home or coming to work. Not everybody who wants, uh, who's currently working remotely wants to stay working remotely. A lot of people really want to come back to the office. And I also know uh, quite a amount of people who are very hesitant to go back to the office because um, they are still concerned about transmission. So um, I know it would be easier to just say, yeah, let's all go back to the office or let's all stay remote working. But we have an opportunity here to redefine what our work experience could look like. So I would suggest we use this as an opportunity to do so. Now, um, these were some of the key thoughts that I've had on the subject. If you have any ideas or queries or concerns or experiences, please do share them in the comments so we can all learn from each other. would be fantastic. And um, the uh, one last thing that I forgot to mention previously is uh, in our work in Teams, linked to what I said as the first point, this normalization, um, you can very easily have a session that is dedicated to um, simply uh, processing what's currently going on. We can use a little technique from professional coaching to help us experience that also, um, which uses a physical object that uh, we can sort of drape over ourselves 
to experience what it's like to feel the weight of a world event and um, externalize what it's like to feel that weight and then remove the object uh, from us and uh, place it where we feel like placing it. And remotely, this is um, very comfortable to do because we can all pick something that we can drape ourselves. It could be a towel or a scarf or whatever you might want to use in order to simulate that in a group session and everybody um, does it at the same time. So place the item um, on you. It uh, represents the world, uh, the world event. You can do the sessions and focus on COVID-19 or you can do it on something else that impacts you where you are. Um, as a team and uh, externalize and share, take turns externalizing, sharing what that feels like to feel that um, world event um, on you or with you. And then take the item and put it somewhere where you like to put it. And then again, um, take turns sharing what it feels like for uh, now that that world event is uh, identified and gone. And it doesn't mean that the world event is subjectively gone in the world. Of course, it is still there, but this is about processing our experience and our relationship with that world event. Um, so that's, uh, that's a technique from relationship uh, systems coaching uh, that I found quite helpful processing some, uh, some experiences in the past. So hopefully you um, might uh, consider trying that out. If you have, let me know how that goes. I'm glad I didn't forget to uh, mention this one and I remember to include it. Okay, just check my notes all covered so far. So that's it for episode number four. Thank you very much for watching and I uh, wish you all the best in uh, working through this and processing world events together with your people at uh, work in your team and goodbye until next time.